0: I know who you are, and I'm thankful. Hey, this is not some kind of social media creepy thing where we've invaded your privacy, but a whole lot of you have told us who you are, what you're all about, what you're thinking. In our recent podcast survey, I want to go through some of that, just share with you some of the trends that we're seeing and some of the things we'll be doing as we roll into 2021. Then we got one more segment that I want to cover today, and that is how to increase your influence, make more money, and have friends for life. Got some three real clear tips for you that I want you to take away today. Stay with us. Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, yeah, we're going to take care of business, but this is a special week. This is Thanksgiving week. We ought to focus on being gratitude, thankfulness that we have. You know, today I promised from last week that I was going to talk about the anti-work movement. But as I started putting my notes together, I thought, you know what? It just sounds too negative. There's too much hostility, too much frustration and anger, concern, And when I talk about that particular movement, the anti-work movement, I'm going to push that back for another week so we can focus on being grateful today. That's what I want to do. I know you do as well. So our quotation comes from Ralph Marston, who said, make it a habit to tell people thank you, to express your appreciation sincerely and without the expectation of anything in return. Truly appreciate those around you, and you'll soon find many others around you truly appreciate life, and you'll find that you have more of it. Yeah, I like that. got a resource that goes along with this as well. A resource is Joanne, my wife's creation. She's got a beautiful, beautiful graphic that went with her book, uh, Creating a Haven of Peace, but it's a free graphic that shows you how to use all five senses in ways that bring you peace in your house. Peace and gratitude, how to create a sense of peace. We used to have a um, verse out of Proverbs, that was actually stenciled on an upper part over our big bay window at our house in Franklin it was from proverbs where it says a heart at peace gives life to the body but just go to 48days.com/peace just p e a c e just go there and you'll just immediately be able to download you don't have to put in your email or anything just put in just download this beautiful graphic that i hope brings you a sense of peace in your home well as promised, I want to look at some of the uh, podcast survey results that we got in. You know, and and again, I'm so grateful to you, the listeners, who responded in droves with information that gave us such clear trends, clear patterns, clear desires, clear feedback for which I am extremely grateful. Speaking of gratitude, as you know, I carry a little stone in my pocket, my gratitude stone. I've been doing that for years, just a little gratitude stone. It's just a smooth little crystal stone. It's beautiful, but it just reminds me when I, anytime I reach in my pocket during the course of the day to express gratitude, and I do that often. Uh, some of you, I just recently got a a little gratitude stone sent to me by um, Nancy Sheik. She's a attorney in New York, but a longtime listener. I appreciate those little uh, notes of gratitude that come with those as well. Well, we put out a survey, and um, thousands of you responded, and I appreciate that so much. We randomly selected. 10 people to receive $48 cash just as a bonus just for taking your time to do that. Now, a lot of you did that. We had some other freebies as well, but uh, 10 were selected. I asked Sheila, my assistant, how we selected those. She said it really was truly random. It was just totally random to choose, but these are the 10 people who have had $48 sent to them. Hope you enjoy it. Maybe make your Thanksgiving a little brighter. Kevin Spear, Uh, from Ohio, Joan Sprinkle from North Carolina, uh, Rand Brown, Brandy Bear from Washington, Chris Sullivan from Indiana, Rob Frederick from Missouri, Lisa Gilley, don't have Lisa, I don't remember where she's from, uh, Heidi Milan from the United Kingdom, Mark Nelson, Rich Gerberding from Illinois. Anyway, those are the people, those are the 10 people. Thank you for your contribution, all the rest of you as well. With those, I have, I wrote a personal note, sent $48 off to all those 10 people. Hope you enjoy that. Now, here's some of the things that we ask in a survey and some of the things that, you know, are really looming. I've been doing a podcast a very long time, as a lot of you know. I've been doing it for over 15 years now. Now in our This Is episode 806, but that means uh, it's been a long time, never had a break, never did seasons, never missed a week, never did a replay. Anyway, I something that I continue to enjoy. And trust me, if I didn't enjoy it, I mean, I'm not just trying to break any records or anything, just, I just thoroughly enjoy it, look forward to it. It's like uh, eating the pecan pie after the Thanksgiving dinner, or the pumpkin pie as the case may be. That's what I feel like when I get to do the podcast each week. So I haven't haven't had a break. You have been doing it a long time and plan to continue it. But I question, you know, should I be doing the same things I was doing 15 years ago when we started? Well, one of those was I arbitrarily made it 48 minutes. Now, back then, incidentally, back then when I started, there were as near as we could tell about 30,000 podcasts. We thought that was a big number, but today there's over 2 million. So it's grown exponentially over 2 million podcasts now to choose from. And again, I appreciate your faithfulness and being listeners here. I got a note this week from somebody who would love to have the opportunity to be promoted on my podcast, but reminding me that uh, they, they look at this is a company and they look at statistics for podcasts and reminded me that mine is consistently in the top one half of 1% in terms of listenership. So And I don't take that lightly. I'm very grateful for that. But in the top one half of 1% in terms of all podcasts out there. But I elected at the beginning, having come from terrestrial radio, I was on radio in Nashville, Tennessee for six years. I had a three-hour show on Sunday evenings. Uh, We were on... well called Career Link for six years. And that was three hours. So coming on the podcast, I thought, well, how long should it be? You know, probably not three hours, but there was a lot of variety in what podcast lengths were back then. And I arbitrarily decided to make ours 48 minutes. So it's always been 48 minutes or something roughly there. Again, I'm not I don't want to be OCD about that. I don't force it to be that. If I'm finished talking before that or go a little longer, rarely does it ever go longer. I don't know that it's ever gone longer, but sometimes it's a little shorter. Some of you had comments on that incidentally as well. But I ask, should it be, would you prefer that it's 15 minutes long, 30 minutes, 48 minutes, 60 minutes? Well, 48 minutes is extremely the big winner in that category no question about it. That was so far ahead. Nothing else was even close. The closest would have been 30 minutes, but that was so far beyond. I mean, only like 10% of those of you who voted for the 48 minutes. So I appreciate your confirmation for that. And a lot of you said, if it's not 48 minutes, you feel like you got cheated. So that's I appreciate your uh, little humor in that as well, probably, but I appreciate your desire to have the content that we put together week after week. So how often do you listen to the po- podcast? Overwhelming majority, say every week, Again, for which I'm grateful. I know that some people have podcasted in their podca- podcast playlist where they may listen you know, once a month. There's some people, and I won't mention any names, but some people that I certainly admire the work that they do, but I probably listen maybe once a month to content that they have or even, even once, once every other month. In terms of the content, how do we put it together? You know, I said, should I have guests? I could have famous authors on here, speakers, entrepreneurs, um, successful business owners, or I could have a co-host that there was for a year back when I was on radio, I had somebody on me with me as a co-host. And there was a year where I had Joanne with me as a co-host as well. And I said, should I do that? Well, again, there was nothing even close as second to continue it as it is handling listener questions. So I love that, and I'm thrilled to know that you do as well to continue answering listener questions. What content do you enjoy most? I have success stories. You know, I started that several years ago where at the beginning I have those little success stories. I like finding those, just positive notes about people that are doing cool things, but that didn't get a real big response from y'all as listeners. That wasn't really you know, that big of a hit, the good news segments that I have. So I'm going to question you know continuing that but what i will integrate that some of you mentioned is what you do enjoy hearing are success stories from real people not just something in the news or something that happened you know in another part of the world or but from real people that we know people in our audience who are in the 40 days community you know connected to us those are the things that you would do enjoy hearing so i'll take that certainly into account now what topics do you want to hear most well it's Totally. I mean it maxed out. It's like there's no farther to go it with the choice creating work I love. Now we talk about that. it's not just a matter of finding something necessarily, but creating it. And you all chose that as the number one choice. Continue talking about how to create work that you love. Now also the, ne- the next highest thing, which is interesting is mindset. how to control our mindset. you know this next week, in our Eagles community, I'm going to be talking about principles 12 or 11 and 12 out of think and grow rich, and it's the subconscious mind and the brain. But it deals with how to deal with negative thinking, because negative thinking is really our default. I mean, it's like having a garden out there. If you don't do anything, guess what's going to grow? Weeds. You have to be real intentional about taking the weeds out, putting good things in there, then nurturing those, protecting those to grow into things that are really beneficial and healthy our minds are the same way. The default position seems to be negative, you know, fear, anxiety, frustration, those kind of things, unfortunately. So we have to nurture the positive emotions like desire and faith and love and enthusiasm and hope. You know, those are the things, we have to nurture those. So I'll continue to talk about that, but that was the number one, or the number two category. First was creating work I love, and then mindset. And then lower, but still significant, starting a side business, growing your own business, the lowest in those choices was finding a job. Now, that's something that I've always kind of you know, wondered about. You know, Should I focus more on just the traditional process of finding a job? I mean, there's still a lot of content in this current version of 48 Days to the Work You Love about doing a resume, doing a job search, negotiating salary, all those traditional things. That's very, very low. And frankly, that's going to make a lot of difference in the 2025 version of 48 Days to the Work You Love. Because so many of you are saying, and I consider you as the podcast audience, listeners, you know, really a reflection of the true audience that I have and, and want. And you're saying, that's not really important. You don't, you're not really looking at that. And especially as we have this going on right now, the great resignation. Again, in October, there were 4.4 million people. I mean, this year, there have been over 20 million people who have quit jobs. I mean, that's astounding. And you are saying, you want some new options. You want to be able to figure this thing out, not just be dependent on how to go get a job. I mean, everybody's hiring. It's easy to go get a job, but a lot of you are saying, that's not enough. You you want more than that. And I think it's a healthy correction to some unhealthy business models that we'd become accustomed to. So I think what's going on right now is a really exciting opportunity, adventure for all of us. But I'm going to continue talking about how to create, not just fine, but how to create work that you love, and then certainly mindset, as you've indicated so clearly here. Now, the other things that you all have been involved in, we ask, you know, what are the 48 Days content, service, products have you, been, have you experienced? And um, overwhelming majority certainly have the book, 48 Days to the Work You Love. A lot of you have read other books that I have. Um, a lot of you are members of the Eagles community. Most all of you get my weekly newsletter. So those are great reminders, again, ways that we can stay connected, and I appreciate that. Now, which best describes you, we ask? Are you a full-time employee? and happy with that? Are you a full-time employee, but dreaming of more? Are you a full-time employee with a side business or are you a full-time entrepreneur? The number one response on that is you're a full-time employee, but dreaming of more. That's so much of the content that we talk about. And certainly so many of the members in our Eagles community are that they're full-time employees, but the dreaming of more. So that was overwhelmingly the big one. Now, the second highest category out of those choices is a full-time entrepreneur. So a lot of you are already full-time entrepreneurs, which is exciting to me. I love hearing those stories. And a lot of you made comments about what it is that you're doing and how fulfilled you are in doing doing those particular things. Uh, We ask how you access, I mean, overwhelming majority connect the podcast on Apple Podcast. Um, next to that are people that go directly to the Forty Eight Days website. Then certainly smaller quantities: Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, and those some other things. But the big ones were Apple, Pie, Apple Podcast and then the Forty Eight Days website. the The biggest thing that you think you want more of on the podcast is more content for entrepreneurs. So again, falls right in line with my heart's desire. I love getting the feedback, the affirmation, because sometimes I think maybe it's just me that wants to move into this entrepreneurial direction. And a lot of you are you know, bored hearing about that. You just want to know how to do a better resume and get a job. No, that's not the case at all. You guys are totally on board. I mean, there's probably a a self-screening process because my enthusiasm is higher about that, so people who aren't interested in that probably aren't going to listen to the podcast, but those of you who are consistent listeners certainly uh, confirmed that that is what you want more of. Now, this is interesting to me. What's your academic background? I put on there as one option, you're raised Amish and just went to the sixth grade. We actually had a few people that checked that. So I don't know. I'd be curious to hear more about your story there. And then high school diploma, college degree, master's level degree, and then advanced degrees like PhD, MD, you know, JD, DDS. You're an attorney, dentist, pastor, academic professor, and so on. So here's how those ranked in terms of numbers. out Outstandingly, ahead of everything else are those of you who have college degrees. So that's still the big, big majority of you. Next to that are those of you who have a master's degree. And then not far behind that are those who have advanced degrees, MD, JD, DDS, PhD, all those kind of significant uh, acronyms that announce what it is that you have advanced training in. High school diploma was somewhat down the list, but most of you have at least a college degree or more, which again helps me understand, you know, who I'm talking to, who's sharing this together, and what kind of content we ought to be presenting. What's your current income range? Now this is, you might find interesting. Um, I I was not totally surprised, but uh, to see it kind of confirmed here, the highest income presented from you all the listeners, is between $100,000 and $250,000. Now, let me surprise some of you. Now, there was a significant number in between like 50000 and 75 but the biggest jump is $100,000 to $250,000 a year. So, you're already in the game. You're doing things, your candidates to be doing bigger things, things that you want to do on your own. It's interesting. A lot of you in the comments talked about your significant income being like the, those golden handcuffs we talk about a lot where it's so significant that you feel trapped because of that that you can't move into something new Of course we talk a lot about that on here you know people are used to making 300,000 who need to replace that they don't want to lower their standard of living but they want to move into something totally outside of what they've been trained for and we have lots of stories on here about physicians, dentists attorneys pastors, engineers accountants who have done just that. Now the ranks did go up. There was a significant number between 250 and 500,000, and then some between a million and 3 million. So appreciate having you as listeners, but it helps me frame the kind of questions and how we handle them, knowing what you're already achieving out there. When you rate yourself on how close are you to living your dream life, You know, 10 being perfect, you're there. A one being, man, you're really struggling. Well, we had a big surge right in the middle. It's kind of just a bell-shaped curve. So a few of you, right, very low, one to two, a few, nine to 10. But the bulk are right in the middle, five to six. But a significant number, seven to eight, which is, is pretty cool. I love that, that you're really already in that zone where you're living what you consider your dream life. How old are you? We have a few who are 15 to 25 years old, a big jump in the category 25 to 48. We had in there 25 to 48. But then the biggest surge is between 50 and 64. So you've got some life experience. Maybe you have had a, a career already and looking at a second career it probably where you have kids who are considering college how you're going to instruct them we talk about that so it it really helps me again knowing the age surge here between 50 and 64 in terms of how we present how we present the issues that a lot of us are are really confronted with now one of the things i ask and in this i got pages and pages and pages of feedback that it'll take me months to dissect. But again, I consider it a privilege to go through that because we ask, what challenges or questions are you dealing with at this moment? Now, knowing that I answer questions, I mean, I could close down any resource for you being able to submit questions for the next year and just draw on the feedback you gave here and draw from those. Now, we're not going to do that. As you know, we've changed recently how we do allow you to access for those questions. And to do that, you simply go to 48days.com slash ask dan now that's different there's a form there incidentally we, when we put it up we realized that it restricted people to 150 characters not words but characters and we immediately had people saying you know what's up with this we can't ask a full question that's essentially a tweet to do that so we removed that you can ask oh however long you want to your question there we change that so 48days.com slash ask dan will allow you to do that It'll allow you to go there but, and we want you to continue that. I, I, I want things that are fresh and new, relevant and all of that. But the things you submitted with the survey here is just overwhelming almost to go through. Uh, got things like this. And again, I'm not going to respond to these today. We're going to move on to the other piece that I want to share today and wrap this up on a Thanksgiving week. But somebody says, I'm making too much money at my regular job to focus enough time in my side business. And here's somebody says, I worked 22 years in one place, went from $6 an hour to a six figure board member. How do you like that? The same company went from $6 an hour to over $100,000 a year in the same company. And now he's moving into some other kind of opportunities there. Um, Someone asked, how do I get traction with business building as one who is not naturally gifted that way? Do I love coaching? Absolutely. Yes. Do I love the business of coaching? No, it's horrible. After 38 years of pastoral ministry, the struggle, challenge with charging for coaching is real. Yeah, That's a very common question. We'll come back to that as we roll into answering questions again. How do I, this is interesting. How to start and grow an online business without using social media? I love Dan Miller so much because you're one of the few successful entrepreneurs with no social media presence. <laughs> I think spending too much on social media harms our creativity. Yet the world makes us feel like we're not sharing if we're not sharing every moment of our lives in social media. We can't have a successful business. It'd be great if you can share how your business continues to thrive without you being on social media. Well, I love that. You know that again. i You're exactly right. I mean, I don't do anything on social media. I've nurtured. Of relationships and connection points with people in other ways, and it's now I'm going to tell you about some of those here in the next segment as well. But I've, I've done that over a lot of years, so I have an audience that's very responsive, and we ask questions like this, get a lot of get a lot of response. But it's through those nurtured relationships rather than just blasting it out there, you know, throwing it on the wall and hoping something sticks. I just uh, have not done that. Somebody says, my dream job has become so simple, it's boring. Here's another one. Finding work I love and handling health concerns. Carpal tunnel syndrome. Rotator cuff injury. Back pain setting. It's just like I've created my own Groundhog Day movie. Having to keep starting over. My grad school desire was put on hold to start a family. Now I don't have the energy to pursue it. Hmm running out of steam, trying to get over the hill of taking the card games I created to the next level of promoting and selling these awesome games. My tank is empty at the end of the day and allowing little things to eat my spare time. Now that's, you know, that's pretty indicative of the kind of challenge a lot of you are feeling where you are working full time. You do want more, you want something on the side, but how do you carve out the energy when you've been depleted by 40 hours at something that you're already committed to? Oh, here's somebody says, my husband and I have sold our home and our business, which was a private dinner cruise in Northern California and have moved to Maui. Would love to start another business, but unsure which type. You know, I just, I'm, I'm, um, I just committed to working with a lady who is a registered nurse and she's been working at her sister's business, a home health care agency. Well, her sister just sold the business and she gave this lady $200,000. So now this lady lost her job, but she got $200,000 gift and she's wondering what to do next. And she knows that she's not going to be able to duplicate the kind of income she was used to making by getting another job. It was a unique situation working with her sister. And so now she's you know desperate to figure that out. Well, I love stepping into that space and trying to help somebody figure out, take a fresh look. What a great window of opportunity to be able to take a deep breath and look at not just how to replicate what you've been doing. A lot of people get caught in that. Well, this is the only thing I know. So I guess I'll just continue doing that. Nah, take advantage of the opportunity to take a fresh look. You're a different person now than you were 20 years ago. You know more, you have way more experience. You have so much more to draw from than you did back then. So it's a great time to look at, and there are new opportunities. There are things that didn't even exist 10 years ago, five years ago. So if you get that opportunity, wow, take a deep breath and look around a little bit. I'm turning, somebody says, I'm turning 55, having a total change in mindset and becoming part of the great resignation, going from working corporate jobs my whole life to starting a business Came to the realization that making less money but being 100% content with my life is more important. As long as I can pay my bills, I will never return to corporate America. Am I the only one out there facing this drastic life change and feeling both crazy and free at the same time? No, you're not. Wow, I love the question. Love the question. So again, that was uh, just uh, a quick overview of the podcast survey. Again, thank you so much to all of you who responded. Those of you who are regular listeners, the feedback was invaluable and really helps me confirm some things, tweak some things. I, I'm, I could plan to continue doing this a very long time. Going to be moving into the next year with more of this podcast, continuing 48 Days Podcast. All right, I'm gonna, I want to switch gears here. I want to just give you one other short segment. It really is drawn from uh, one of the books I'm working on. One of the books that I'm really excited about is titled, Increase Your Influence, Make More Money, and Have Friends for Life. So I want to talk about that a minute. But the reminder here with the music is you can submit questions in anytime. We love going through those. We want to hear your not only your questions, but your success stories. So we can share them here in ways that inspire others. Just go to 48days.com slash ask and you can do that. All right, again, one of the books I'm working on is increase your influence, make more money, and have friends for life. Now, one of, one of the books that I read recently, one of, one of the things that a lot of you ask about, too, is that I would share about books that I'm reading. I mean, I do read a lot of books. I mean, I um, was talking with my team on our, our weekly meeting this week, and they were asking about that, commenting on the fact that a lot of people have asked about, you know, what am I reading? Well, I'm always reading a lot of things. And I said, I have as a goal that I I used to have a goal to read 36 books a year. That's three uh, a year. Well, I, I realized I read more than that. I mean, just my natural desires, I read more than that. So I looked at my list. This is just this past Monday. Looked at my list to see how many, and guess what? The magic number, 48. I've read 48 books this year. And I'll probably make that my ongoing goal. I've made that part of my 2022 goals, 48 books. But that gives me a nice balance of... A variety of books. Again, I don't I don't read fiction, but uh, those are all self help, personal development, mindset, entrepreneurial businesses. Are exactly the kind of things that I read, so I can bring those principles back to you, the listeners, and uh, share those in ways that hopefully will help you accelerate your the speed of your progress as well. But what I read recently was called "You're Invited." While you Vyari, you are you're invited by John Levy. Now he founded. A little over 10 years ago, probably, he founded the Influencers Dinner. It's a secret dining experience. And he's invited Olympians, celebrities, executives, artists, musicians, Grammy winners, all of those. He invites 12 people to cook dinner, but they can't discuss their careers or even give their last names. They just show up not knowing who else is going to be there. And then they spend a couple hours preparing a meal. And once they sit down to eat, then they reveal who they are. Now, those have become extremely popular. The Influencers Dinner. I mean, you, you can look it up, check it out. There are thousands of people who have been through those. John's very active in putting those together in lots of different locations. But there's a, a waiting list, I mean, a mile long. I mean, I don't have any idea how to increase your odds of being invited to one of those. But the thing is, you, you can replicate that. You can do that on your own. And I want to give you some principles for how, how you can do that on your own. John says in this book, the most universal strategy for success is creating meaningful connections with those who can impact you, your life, and the things you care about. Now, you hear me talk a lot about develop relationships before you look for transactions. I mean, so many people who are online and other places these days go, right for the transaction, give me your money, and then I'll give you my book, my course, my seminar, my webinar, whatever, before they do anything to develop a relationship. Well, I don't think like that. I want to work at ways to develop relationships. You've heard me talk on here about your 3am list. Um, who could you call at 3am? You know, if you've got As many people on that list as you are years in age, yeah, you're in pretty good shape. You know, I'd invest in you. You're going to be okay. You're going to go places if that's true. If not, you need to work on that. We've talked about 100 cups. Josh Elkins, you know, decided he was going to have 100 cups of coffee, and it proved to be so beneficial for him that he stopped looking for a job, and he now just teaches other people how to do that—that 100 cups. So there's a. A whole bunch of things that we've touched on over the last couple of years here. And so I'm developing a book now with a lot of these principles in it about how you can use those kind of relationships to really explode your success. One of the books I read a couple of years ago was Dietrich Bonhoeffer's book. You recognize him as a German writer from years ago, uh, written back in 1939 when he was in prison and then later you know, executed as a result of what Hitler was doing. But he wrote a book called Life Together, And that little book, not a popular book, and my gosh, I have no idea if it's, I mean, how many would would have sold. But those are the kind of things I look for, and it impacted me greatly. And he says there are four challenges. Number one, we need both individual and communal spiritual growth. Number two, serving others is the truest form of ministry. Number three, we should be thankful for the opportunity to live in community And for community is not a Sunday concept. It must be integrated into our daily lives. So I've used those principles, and then along comes you're invited, and again, this emphasis on understanding the incredible power of connections. Now, today, we we have a massive opportunity to connect with people in a meaningful way. But as the author of You're Invited, John Levy, says, we're facing a loneliness epidemic like we've never known as a species. I mean, we're hyper-connected with texting and social media, yet more lonely, isolated, and disconnected than ever. I mean, a recent, golly, there was a recent um, study that found 22% of millennials in the United States say they have no friends. 30% say they always or often feel lonely. But there's another stat that I had pulled up here. Let me see if I can grab that real quick. Um, okay, it's I looked for pastors with all this happened here with the the pandemic as we know it. I mean, we're told that, maybe I've got the exact thing here. okay, we're told that forty percent of pastors have considered leaving their position in the last three months. say they're lonely and have not a single person they can confide in. That's pretty startling. But that being said, when there's that kind of a need, we know we can step in and address the need and in doing so, strengthen our own influence, our own happiness. I mean, we have the privilege of being happier, healthier, feeling more success in our businesses as a result. We can work together on causes we care about positively impact the lives of people we care about, we love, as we create the legacies we want to leave behind. And we can spread this power of community to our own towns and neighborhoods. I mean, those are the kind of things that we can do. So in this book, I'm just going to tell you this and we'll wrap up. There are three things that he references that are clear concepts that I want you to remember. The first one is called the halo effect. The halo effect Now, this is like, this is a principle that Cutco Knives has used in a dramatic way. When somebody knocks on your door, or Southwestern, those kids that come around in the summertime, you know, they're selling Bibles and other kind of um, wholesome material. They knock on the door. They don't just say, hey, you want to buy this stuff? They say, you know what? I was just talking with your neighbors, Bob and Sally. They purchased this for their children. And they want to make sure that I showed you an opportunity to do the same. That's the halo effect. So you heard from somebody else that was using a product. Cutco Knives, I've mentioned that, that they do the same thing. They, when they sell you something, they're going to ask for, who are three people who could benefit from these in the same way that you know you're going to? That's the halo effect. So there's that. So that can expand what you're doing. Think about the ways that you could use that. If you have something to promote, instead of just going out and trying to find people who have never heard of you before, what about the people who have heard of you? Asking them for referrals. It's an age-old principle that real estate agents who are successful understand and a whole lot of other people. But it's something you can use, even if you aren't in sales or don't have your own business. It's the halo effect. I mean, it's why if you go to a movie and enjoy it and you tell 20 of your friends, that's a halo effect. If you go to a great restaurant and tell people, wow, you really ought to check this out. I just made a reservation. It's the Blue Rooster in Sarasota. We've never been there, but once a month, they have a gospel brunch where you have a brunch on Sunday, but they have gospel music, live singers that are there. Well, it sounds cool. So I I had three people tell me about that in the last month. Three people. Guess what I did? I jumped online, made a reservation for Joanne and me to go experience it. That's the halo effect. The second one is the Ikea effect. Now, you understand this just from from the name. You know where I'm going with this. I mean, if you buy a table from Haverty's Furniture, you bring it home and set it there, well, big deal, it's a table. But if you get it from Ikea, it comes in a box with uh, 300 parts in there. You work for three hours to put it together. You feel a whole lot different about that table than if you just had it delivered all put together it's that process of working on something together makes you feel more strongly about what that is i mean think about habitat for humanity there the prospective owner of the the new house has to put in i think it's 80 hours that they have to put in working themselves on the house so they have to work there are other people there. There are community people, neighbors who are there as well that are working on that together. It's a totally different feeling about having a house than if you just hired somebody to show up, put up the house and leave. Totally different. That engagement in the process. So think about that, how you may engage somebody. If it's your kids, your family, your neighbors, sometimes you may think it's you're doing everybody a favor by just having it done, you know, so it's easy on them. No. I mean, think back to the Huck Finn stories about, you know, Huckleberry Finn getting his friends to paint the fence. Well, he was assigned that task by his parents, you know, paint the fence. Well, what a bust, you know, his friends are going to be playing. He's going to spend a Saturday painting a fence. So he's sitting there and one of his friends come by, you know, oh, you poor guy, you need to paint the fence. Or He says, what do you mean? I'm not a poor guy. I mean, not everybody knows how to paint a fence. I mean, this is really... An incredible experience. I feel like an artist here painting this fence. And if this, you know, when a friend says, well, can I do it? Well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure you're really up to the task. And if I were to allow you to do it, you need to give me that baseball that you're carrying. So you know how the story goes. That's how it unfolds. But it's a great example of the Ikea effect, get people involved in doing something, make them think they're having a good time, even if it's accomplishing work and everybody comes away a winner. Sometimes we too quickly think we're doing people a favor by not engaging them in the process. I mean, it, it makes me think differently about events that we have where we bring people together here for a couple of days. Instead of just having everything all set up, all they do is just listen, participate, eat, and whatever. What if we did something together? So it's really made me craft those events in a different way. And I think you can you know, certainly take your own ideas and go from there. So that's the IKEA effect. The third one is the Ben Franklin effect. Now, there's an old story about Ben Franklin who had a political adversary, somebody they disagreed on pretty much everything. Well, Ben Franklin knew that this guy had an extensive library. And so he asked him, do you have a copy of, and it, the name of the book is not important, but do you have, and he knew that the guy did. The guy says, yeah. And Ben Franklin said, would you mind if I borrowed that for a couple weeks? I've really been interested in that. So the guy loaned it to him. Ben Franklin brought the book back, discussed briefly the concepts in there, thanked the guy profusely for allowing him to read it. Their relationship was never the same again. Instead of being an adversary, that guy became his ally. He would defend him in political debates. He became his friend. Just from that, if you want somebody to to be your friend, ask for a favor you it may seem counter counterintuitive where, gee, you know, why would they do that if we aren't even friends to start with? Now, it can foster a friendship if you ask for a favor from your friends. Uh, just this week, we had refrigerator delivered, and the, the guys went out to their big truck to leave, and the battery was dead. And, you know, we're in a community, there's no um, service station close by or anything, and I was, I was embarrassed to realize that I do not currently have jumper cables. I sold a couple of vehicles up in Tennessee and do not have jumper cables in the vehicles here. And here I am a car guy and I don't have jumper cables. Well, I knew what to do. I grabbed my phone immediately. I looked around our little cul-de-sac and I called Bob, one of my neighbors, got him immediately. Bob, you have a set of jumper cables. Yeah, sure. Can I borrow them? Sure. Meet me at the garage. You know, I mean, those kind of things come easily if you're establishing relationships where you can ask a favor, it strengthens the relationship doesn't weaken it. As long as you're honest, as long as you have integrity about what it is you're borrowing. I and mean, I used them for five minutes, folded them up exactly as they were, put them back in the bag and took them back over and set it against his front door as he asked me to. So, you know, you do that, but again, the Ben Franklin effect. So there you have it, those three things. You can transform what 2022 is going to look like for you in terms of your influence, your connections, your ability to thrive and prosper. If you understand the halo effect, the IKEA effect, and the Ben Franklin effect. Now, one of the things, and I'll end with this, is one of the things that that we've learned as well is Often when you have a dinner, you have 12 people there, and you're going to have six different conversations going on. It's just a, a buzz. You get trapped with somebody that you uh, don't really want to spend all that time with, and it just becomes, you know, this little superficial conversations going on all around the room. Well, you might want to have what's called a Jefferson dinner. This came from Thomas Jefferson who insisted at his dinners, there was one conversation, not five or six, one. Now, Joanne, my wife, is is a master at this. She has a little mason jar full of little folded up pieces of paper with a question on it. And so we'll pass it around. Everybody draws out one question, and they're really interesting. I mean, we discover things about each other you would never discover in just a normal conversation, and then we, everybody listens as that person answers. It makes a much more enjoyable, memorable evening than just the normal kind of endless, mindless, brainless chit-chat that goes on at a lot of dinners. So I encourage you, I certainly encourage you to do that. Well, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap it up there. Those are the things I wanted to cover we're, were just those two things, the survey results, and then I'd encourage you to increase your impact, increase your connections, your influence. Again, I'm working on that. If you got got great ideas that you want me to include in the book, boy, I'd love to hear those as well. You can just send those in, anything like, like that, to go to 48days.com slash Dan and you can send that in. Well, thanks for listening. My goodness, thanks for sending in your questions. I hope you're having a wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving week. Maybe after that that you're listening to this, but uh, certainly extend you our gratitude for our connections, for what you mean to me and the rest of us here, the way we connect, share ideas and resources, benefits all of us in a way that I could never adequately express gratitude for. But thanks for being open to growing, for being a powerful force, for making the world a better place, and for believing, as you certainly do, without a shadow of a doubt, that we can find or create work that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable.